Welcome to everybody. Welcome to service this morning. We love you. We bless you. Thank you for being out this morning. Um, I've discovered you don't need traffic cops on the road. They just leave potholes. You must slow down. We're praying over this region. We're going to work with all our own people here. We're going to repair the roads. And we're going to fix it. Come on, it's going to be a blessing to come to church. I'm announcing it in the heavenlies. We will get this thing done, but it will be a pleasure and a blessing. I was glad. Not when I was troubled when they said, let's go to the house of the Lord. I was glad when they said, let us go unto the house of the Lord. The place where the tribes go up. Amen. It shouldn't be, it shouldn't be a struggle. It should be a blessing. And so the church has got to step up and, you know, righteous leaders, we will deal with all of that. This is not the day for that. I have the title of my sermon. We're in a series this morning. And it is as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You, you do not want to miss next Friday, next Saturday. You want to marry, 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 you maybe get married to Mary one day. But you want to marry, <laughs> you want to marry someone that you can break generational curses with. Ryan, Ryan Restrange said that. I think it is such a powerful thing. For many people don't think that there's something like a generational curse. And they live under bondage. They don't know who they are. And when you just marry the person and you just, you know, you've got a warm body next to you. There's going to be, you have to be a little bit more than you need to know a little bit more than having sex. And that's all you wanted. We need to understand the importance of when you get married and dealing with love. And be careful that you celebrate Valentine's Day with not understanding what Valentine really means. I don't want to go into the depth of it this morning, but you do your study before you call someone your Valentine. Let's lift the ignorance. You don't marry the person you can live with. You marry the person you cannot live without. That's what makes a successful marriage. I've worked counsel many couples that got together because of a good business deal. It made financial sense, Apostle, when we got together. And so I said, now I'm praying for you that you would have no financial need. And when we did, they broke up. They weren't in love. They were in business. I'll see you next Saturday, Friday. We'll teach about the power of the Spirit. The power where one puts a thousand to flight and two ten thousand. I wish to tell you that everybody calls it a marriage, that it is a marriage. It's not. There's an agreement in the heavenlies with God. Three institutions that God, three, three things that He instituted. One is you. You're an institution by yourself. You can decide to serve God or not your whole life. The second one is the marriage. The marriage bed be pure and undefiled preach about it next Friday night the third one is the church God legally instituted the church that's why you can't destroy it the same with marriage you can rename it 
You can call it whatever you want. God's got a clear pattern of what brings power into the earth through a marriage. Teach you that on Friday. And we'll go through some things. I got two sessions Saturday morning. By 12.30 we should be done. Because I'm going to teach on, we're going to deal with how to bring you, you out of chaos and identify where the real chaos is in your marriage, your relationship. Please, if you're, in, in, if you're just dating someone, it's a good thing for you to come. Just come and get involved. And if, you, and if you want to know as a single person what it looks like, come serve. And you sneak in with your ear. You'll get some information that will help you and revelation concerning relationships. Next Friday, it's 38 years. 30, uh, 39, she says. Add one more. So we're going to teach in some things and give you some of our experiences and what it meant to be, uh, to be in relationship and what it means to come from a Muslim background and, you know, not being, really being born again, but you trying to make things work and how it failed horribly. And then God had to re-establish a foundation and make sure that it, get, it works because, um, man, uh, marriage is tough. It's hard. Because sin is easy. Sin is easy. And that's the reason why the devil will throw all kinds of stuff on a marriage. And make it look like whatever. And whatever your emotion says, just do it. But there's no spiritual power behind that thing. You need the spiritual backing. You need the spiritual backing. That's the reason why when God makes whatever he made, it's it's all three. Spirit, soul, and body. Because that's made in the image of Almighty God. So you have the potential to connect with God because you are spirit, soul, and body. You have the same with a marriage. It's, it's spirit, soul, and body. It's not just a warm body. It's not just that we got some money and we, we look good on Instagram. It's that there's a spiritual power behind it because God instituted it. Because whatever God institutes, it's, it's got power behind it. And so the enemy is trying to pervert that all his life. And the same with the church. The church is the spiritual, it's the spiritual womb that gives birth to the sons and daughters because that's God's order. Everybody with me? We'll get a little deeper next week. We'll teach some things. The first session will be to help you see where some of the challenges are. Give you our, our books and, and um, well, the reference to the books of what books we use. That's our staple diet for every relationship. Must have. And then the second session, I want to deal a bit with sex and intimacy. And what it really means in the spiritual realm. So you don't want to miss next week. It'll show you a whole lot of things. Um, the registration is there. You want to get involved. In fact, you want to invite, invite somebody. We've got some registrations. You want to make sure that you get involved in that. We, of course, have to shut down registrations for the sake of catering. And that make sure that, you know, you um, get involved in that so that we can have some, some snack on a Friday night. Um, apparently, there's some song. We're going to do some fun stuff as well. And I'll, of course, give you my favorite song. It's, it's, let me give you a hint. It's not Darling Czech song. See you next week. Amen. I don't know those spiritual people. How do you go to bed with Darling Czech? Lord, I give you my... Hey. Next week, Jesus is Lord. Amen. <laughs> you want to be here. You want to be here. Amen. Let's get into this thing. I gave you a title for my sermon this morning. What was the title of the sermon, Pastor Z? 
It's the bat- we, we're in a series called As a Man Thinks in His Heart. This morning I want to deal with the battle for the soul. The battle for the soul. Consider how precious a soul must be when both God and the devil are after it. Remember you're an institution by yourself. You can decide whatever you want for the outcome for your life and God has got to take a back seat because he made you that way. You are so powerful. Your will can override the will of God your whole life. You can refuse God. So when you're dealing with as a man thinks in his heart, Proverbs chapter, I thought it was 11, 23 and verse 7. Proverbs 23 and verse 7. For as he thinks, Proverbs 23 and verse 7. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. What we've discovered is that when you speak about as a man thinks, I'm not talking about you thinking about um, going overseas one day. I'm not talking about you thinking about what must you do tomorrow for work. I'm not talking about what you're thinking about concerning sports events or whatever as those thoughts come through to your mind. We're dealing with something else as a part of a man's mind called his subconscious. There's two parts to your mind. There is the conscious mind and then there is the subconscious conscious mind. When scripture speaks about as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. He's dealing with the sub of the man. The foundation of who you really are. It's the part, it's the seat of your life of where um, you've made up your mind on various things, um, decided about religion, decided about God, decided about how you feel about yourself, decided about how you think about life, and decided the limitations of where you're going to work and what, how much you're going to earn and, and who you're going to marry and, and what you want. And there's a whole lot of things that happens in the sub of, of someone's mind. So when, you, when a child is born, all the moms are here with their babies, you need to understand that there's something that is really, really important about that child's life for the first seven years especially. When you understand the importance of media, you'll, be, you'll begin to see um, how media social media, whether it be television or even movies, whatever you're doing, is that why would they spend billions in doing what they do? They would spend spend $120 million on a movie and yes, there's some profits attached to it and yes, all that goes with that is, you know, um, people become famous and the like. But there's something about that that the devil who is according to Ephesians 2 and 20, or 2 verse 2. Put up Ephesians 2 verse 2, please. I want you to see this. The battle for the soul. In which you once walked, go to verse 1 please, Ephesians 1, go back one verse. And you, he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins. In which you once walked, that means you don't walk this way anymore, according to the course of this world, 
according to the prince of the power of the air. The spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. If you sat and enjoyed the Grammys, you missed the understanding that it was a satanic ritual that took place. If that didn't register in the inside of you, you are operating with the kingdom of darkness and the prince of the power of the air. You expose your children to that. Just expose them to a satanic ritual. That's what took place. Darkness is not even hiding it anymore. It's not the little place that they found there's a satanic little thing happening in the school. You know, few people around. No, no, no. They've invested millions of dollars in that moment because Satan is the prince of the air. So he is caught up in media and it is the mountain that becomes the most demonic and satanic pressure in this generation. Why? Because both God and Satan have targeted the same thing. It's the soul of a man. It's the, where the prince of the air works. He's not concerned about any, he'll give you money, he'll give you fame, he'll give you whatever. But he's after one thing only. For as that man thinks in his heart, that's the man. He is that man. So his focus goes, he's not focused on anything other than the soul of a man. So when you say as a man thinks in his heart, you're dealing with the soulish part of the man, which deals with the mind, the will, and his emotions. Then you've discovered that the mind is made up of two parts. One is the, 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 the natural or, 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 or the conscious mind. But then there's the place deep down inside of the man when that thing is corrupted and Satan's got that man. This guy, Sam, whatever, will put out all kinds of wicked stuff and spawn all kinds of wicked ideas and the financial backing that comes with that thing and tell you straight away that it's, that it's sponsored by Pfizer. You can see the wicked and the demonic agenda over this generation. I hope your parents are paying attention. I really hope you're paying attention because they, their target is not even so much you. Your target is the children. That's their target. Their target is they're going after the soul of the genera next generation. Why do they want that? Because the children are so easily impressed. You, 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 can, you can impact that soft sub. The soul of that child so easily impressed. So when God gives you your child and blesses you with a child, you got to guard over that child's soul with everything. Especially for them having to, when they grow up um, as, as babies, because when they grow up, you want them to have scripture inside of them. You can watch a little child, man, speak different languages, trained because they're so impressionable. You can just train them quickly. Because they're not fighting other battles. Let me explain what I'm saying. So the subconscious, 
the part of the mind of which one is not fully aware but which influences one's actions and feelings so my feelings I feel this way but deep down in my sub this is what was deposited on the inside of me so in the subconscious of a person is every experience you've ever had especially if the experience has been um, whether good or bad it's there but it affects your emotions terribly especially if the experience has been negative so growing up as a child you begin to see that this child they said if you if you if you set whatever that child has been set up for the first seven years has set them up for life because they will either be surrounded with poverty or brokenness or fighting all the time in the house or anger or unforgiveness or smashing of 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 um, the house or drunkenness whatever it is that child is watching you because it's now affecting this child's soul this child's saying there is no way mommy and daddy can live together so when I grow up why should I want to get married or there's no way daddy works very hard there's, he's got to work hard for his money all the time so this child wake, grows up with scarcity all around him. That's all the child knows. Now you think about my children and why my fight has been so intense over my family and I've been targeting the family in, in such a way because all my children knew is there's a Muslim woman, there's this guy that is so, he's full of anger because he wants to be the man in the house and his children are just seeing this back and forth. One week, the rakams are on the walls. It's, it's, it's the Muslim whatever. The next week, my mother walks in and she says, this is not a Muslim house. Now remember, we didn't marry Christian or Muslim. We went to a commission of oaths. So it's neutral. So I'm having this tug of war between the two different worlds. Next week is praying hands. Then there's the fight. We bring the imam in. You need to make sure that you right with this girl. No, 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 from a Christian point, you need to do this. And this, my children grew up with this ping pong thing happening in our home. Eventually, I had to move out and go to the deep south just to get away from people, to get some sanity. It's where we got born again and then could come back and say, this is what we believe. And so my children, because we had gone past seven years already, you now I'm having to play catch up. And I'm having to fight different kinds of battles for them because they didn't know that. They didn't know that. So you pay attention as a parent when you're raising your children up because you want them to have scripture inside of them. And information is doubling every 18 months. That's the bad news. The good news is that the word God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So no matter what's happening around in the world, the children can always come back to the truth of God's word. And if you know the word of God and you hold the truth, you train them up in the way they should go, even when they take a left, they'll come back to the place. They will return to the word of God. They'll return back to the place of peace and prosperity. That's the reason why you need to be trained and you need to be developed. You say amen this morning. Let's get into the word this morning. There is no external behavior apart from an internal philosophy. For as a man thinks in his heart, 
so is he. When you get born again, let me, let me give you an explanation about this thing. And what is this declaration? No, it's not. Apostles very thirsty this morning. When you have your baby in your hand, that baby is innocent. Doesn't know hatred. It must be taught to hate. Doesn't know any other world. Must be taught. And so the experiences of that child, when you get saved, um, the target forget saved right for now the target of the enemy through media through television through your movies you know you watch pretty woman and you believe that there's somebody coming that looks like Richard Gere and is going to come in and come and rescue you that's the impression of movies it's not even biblical because according to the Bible, you should be in your purpose in the field. You should be working your purpose in the field. Oh, he's coming. No. And you're looking for Mr. Right. When God gives you Mr. Right, he's wrong. Uh, let me wrap this one up. The reason why he gives you Mr. Wrong is because you are help meet. You were supposed to be the strength where he's weak. See you next week. Here's your, here's your child. Let's get into the message. Here's your child. This is what God gave you. This child knows nothing. This child's not got no experience. I mean, my, my, my fight from the womb and, and for my days is because my mom who had nine children struggled with this particular one and she wanted an abortion. And in the womb, I picked up all kinds of things that I was afraid of the dark. So I was being attacked from the womb already. But the truth is that even at that age, when you are honest with your child and developing the child and beginning to speak, you, you, you can't say, oh, they can't mark me much. You better not say that. You better not say that. Because you understand that the target is the soul of that child. And you think the child can't hear you. I felt I didn't know it. And I didn't know why for till I was eight years old, wetting the bed. Couldn't get out of bed even though I, I, I was afraid of the dark. And it affected my whole life. So the words you speak even over the child, this is your baby. So let's assume that your family is not born again. They only know what we call dark knowledge. You go and get a job, and in this family, all kinds of drama. We don't pray in this house. We don't confess the word. We don't know the Holy Spirit. We only know you need to go to your church once in a while. You know, CEO Christians, Christmas and Easter only. That's the only time we knew to go to church. And I would go to, to Sunday school, my dad would be sitting at home with the friends. They'd be drinking. And dad would tell me, you don't do what I do. You do what I tell you to do. But it's okay to say that. 
But deep down inside of me, everything inside of me is saying that this thing that daddy tells me to do, he doesn't believe himself. So when you're growing up and you got no family or any, any word, all you're sitting with in your soul is dark knowledge. First seven years, set. Done. That's who you are. You don't believe the word. You don't, you look at relationships. You look at mommy and daddy, you say it doesn't work. You look at poverty around you. You see drugs. You see pregnancies. You see addictions. You, the child's exposed to pornography and all kinds of dark things because the enemy's target is the soul. All kinds of pressure. It is that when this child thinks in his heart, that's who he is. Never seen love, never seen dad weep, never seen mom and dad make up, never asked for forgiveness, always angry, always bitter, always shouting at people. It affects the child deep within the child's soul. So when you go and you repeat this over the child, it's not that it happened once. It's the fact that it's repeated. When something is repeated, because I'm giving you the, the secrets, because I'm showing you how to get out. You can't hear what I'm saying to you once only. Because if you've been living in the negative, and you've been living with dark knowledge, and you have no revelation of the Word of God, you go to school, and for 12 years, let's say, you know, for me it was a little more, they go and they enforce a system. And they make sure they celebrate when you have good marks according to their system. But if you come up with something outside of their system, you're a bad boy. Because how can you bulk the system? How can you, you need to come through here, go to matric, from matric, go to university, go through the system. And when you've come through the system, we, you are useful for us. And then we will make sure you get the loan. And we will make sure that you're a good boy and have a good name. So you can't speak to me about a child that's 15, 16, 17 years old as a teenager maybe and sitting down and say, I can actually write an app and the app will make us so much money on Amazon, we'll sell this, we'll do that and we'll, we'll violate the system and everybody's out of debt in the family because of an 18 year and a 19 year old. No, you can't do that because according to the system, mommy and daddy, son, you must get what we get. It's called dark knowledge. And if you can make it to church, go and listen to Apostle Max and let him dare not go over two hours, eh? And make sure that you just heard something. And you go, Amen. How did it affect your soul? How did it affect how you think about relationships, how you think about money, how you think about life, how you think about... Yet God, this... When I speak about the media, there was no mirror with God. God made man, you are spirit, you are soul, you are body. So when Adam's having an interaction with God, he's watching what God is doing, it's affecting a part of his, of his life called his soul. And that's the deposit in his spirit. Because that's what he knows. 
what you see as social media, what you see as television, and any kind of news, which we call the media mountain, is the same that Adam had in his soul. It is the media that he received from God, the information he received from God that affected the way the man functioned. Is this too much this morning? You've got to work with me. And as God speaks to him, this encounter with God lets him live. Why would the enemy bombard you with information and all kinds of knowledge every single day? You've got so many different handles. You're on Twitter, you're on Insta, you're on Facebook, you're on, you're on TikTok, you've got all of that going, and you're exposed to media. You go to the movies, and you weep like a baby, and that movie sits inside of you, and even when that song plays, it affects you emotionally. Because somewhere deep inside of you, the enemy went to go and mess there. And so as that man thinks in his heart, so is he. So is he. So when you come into the kingdom of God, God's target is your soul. Have a look how important it is for you to have a proper encounter. Go with me to Judges chapter 6. Go start from verse 1. Explain something to you and why people are struggling. Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian for how many years? Seven years. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel because of the Midianites. The children of Israel made for themselves the dens. They now go to hide because they can't even come out with a blessing. The, the caves and the strongholds which are in the mountains. So it was whenever Israel had sown. Now watch the enemy. The Midianites would come up. Also Amalekites and the people of the east would come up against them. Then they would encamp against them and destroy the produce of the earth as far as Gaza and leave no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep, nor ox, nor donkey. For they would come up with their livestock and their tents coming in as numerous as locusts. Both they and their camels were without number and they would enter the land to destroy it. So Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. And it came to pass when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord because of the Midianites that the Lord sent a prophet to the children of Israel who said to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up out from Egypt and brought you up from the house of bondage and I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all who oppressed you and drove them out before you and gave you their land. Also I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree uh, belong to this in order to hide it from the Midianites. And, and so Gideon is there. He's threshing wheat in the, in the wine press in order to hide it from the Midianites. Final verse, guys. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. Give me one more. Keep going. Gideon said to him, Oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, 
Why then has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles which our fathers told us about? Saying, did, Egypt, did, God, did the Lord not God bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Amadianites. Now here's what's important for you to understand. So these were God's chosen people. They disobey God. And deep within the soul of that, of that people, you, they're finding experiences that are contrary to what God's word says. All they're having is demonic oppression. And so the reason why you, you, you can't stay in the wilderness is because it's one thing to go through the wilderness. It's something else for the wilderness to go through you. Because when the wilderness goes through you, there's something that happens deep inside of your children and in your life. Something happens to somebody who's gone and been under pressure from the devil for seven years. Because that, re that repetitive experience now settles inside of him. And even though they, he has an encounter with the man of God and the word of God says, this is your year of your release. You don't believe me because the number of experiences that you had was so negative and your soul is so consumed with how you're never going to make it. You're never going to come out. Your children are going to have, it's not that that's going to happen to your children. You, you're struggling because when I give you a word from the Lord, how much impact is that? Are you seeing the problem? Are you understanding where the real issue is? And here's the reason why. You know, I spoke to uh, my, my son yesterday. And we're dealing with his faith. And we're dealing with his walk with God. And he's having such a time with God. It's so amazing to see. And then I, he says to me, so dad, when I'm dealing with, with doubt. So I, I see what God has done. But I'm dealing with things just moving forward. And I want to believe God for this next level. But doubt creeps in. What is the solution? I said, I want you to take the last three months. Go and mark and go and write down what God done for you throughout December, New, New Year's. Then you ended up in New York and then you went to Bahamas and you swam in the oceans and you swam in the oceans in Cape Town and God su supplied every need and God took care of you there and then gave you favor as you walked through the, through the nations. You were blessed going out. You were blessed coming in. The hand of God was upon your life and then God showed you favor and then you ended up buying the clothing and then God made sure that there was food and then God made sure there was accommodation and then God opened up the doors financially and then God sent you relationships and then you opened up that bank account and then you started doing business and look what the Lord has done and come on here how do I deal with doubt I begin to celebrate look what the Lord has done some of you need to remember here this morning you do not need a band you need a memory remember what the Lord has done you're going to clap your hands this morning and thank God for what is done in the last three months you think when God says praise me, he's trying to just like, God don't need your praise. Praise is for you. It's not for him. Because praise does something for your soul. It begins to flush out the negativity inside of me. I'm going to wait for you right now. Not for God, but for your own soul this morning. Bless the Lord. Oh my soul and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Help you. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And forget not all his benefits. 
when I'm building for the future and the devil says it's never going to work out all I do is I look back if God done that God's going to do this come on I'm speaking to your soul this morning David in his trouble and in his strike it was struggle and his, and his fight he said bless the Lord oh my soul I command my soul to bless the Lord this morning I command my soul you're going to jump to your feet for one minute and you're going to clap and shout and scream and thank the Lord that he's the lover of your soul he's the lover of your soul For as that man thinks in his heart, so is he. That's why you must get past religion. The most mind-numbing thing is religion. You keep dragging your children to, 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 to church. No encounter. Your experience in church and in the presence of God must have some kind of impact. Because the target is your soul. The target is your soul. And so what happens is when you get born again, go with me to Romans chapter 12. Feel your love here this morning, Lord. Someone's coming out, someone's coming out. Someone's coming out, someone's coming out of mess. You see, the reason why the enemy has targeted media, the next mountain is education. Why? He doesn't want you to read. Because his weapon is ignorance. You don't open up the Bible, you don't understand the word. He's got you. Because it doesn't sink to the place where it really matters. You don't open up your Bible, you don't take a note. Oh, that was a nice sermon. No, that's not a religious setting. You've come to school. I said you've come to school. I wonder how many people, if you understood that Sunday morning is an equipping morning, that how much notes will you take and how much will you sit with some pen and paper? I know you're not going to remember what I said to you because you're making no notes. I tell that to, the, to my staff. You better take some notes. So Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living, a, your bodies a living sacrifice. Not as, but a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world. So you saved, your spirit, you're good, you're good. God's got you, you're good for heaven. The problem is that the enemy is targeting your soul. And in your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. You can see that, that spill over 
is their, their emotions. The spillover is your emotions. So if you've had a bad experience and a man comes that wants to love you, that emotions spills over and you don't attract what you want, you attract who you are. So you struggle to deal with relationships because you've not understood the word of God. So you conform to this world, but you're not transformed because the word trans means a cross. Transform, form means a mold. You've been conned into a mold and you believe the lie of the world. And when you come into the kingdom of God, now your mind must be renewed according to the word of God. And so, let's take people that are brought into the Valentine's thing. Tomorrow, a single girl will feel bad because where is my husband? And her emotions that have spilled over begins to go search for love in the wrong places. And what happens is, once you've exposed yourself to that world or allowed your body to be connected to that in a, in a way, how you feel afterwards is affecting your life. Now she feels bad. That is terrible. Feel condemned. Didn't enjoy it. I mean, enjoyed it. The Bible says sin is pleasurable for a season. You wouldn't, you wouldn't do it if it wasn't pleasurable for a season. So, when the season's up, or that moment is gone, now you're sitting with something that's even darker than when you first started because you're, you've not brought your emotions, your will, and your mind to the Word of God. I know it's quiet. We're taking a lot of information. It's okay. So what happens is that if we had to reverse this thing, and you come to church every day, okay, Let's go to the apostolic center for equipping every day. Yeah. Sit down, take notes, and study. And I give you the revelation and the understanding. Something begins to happen on the inside of you. Are you seeing that it's not so dark anymore? It's not so dark anymore. Now, this is a lifetime process of renewing your mind. So that every time you have an encounter with God, the spillover is from the kingdom of light and not from the kingdom of darkness. And all of a sudden, what was a dark soul that was depressed and fearful and anxious, I'm no longer conformed. I don't have money. And I used to, when I never had money, I got real angry end of the month. I don't anymore. For my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory where did that come from it came from the kingdom of light and the word of God shout keep pouring apostle come on say keep pouring you, you, you want to understand the importance of God pouring the water in your life and begin to pour and keep pouring and keep pouring and keep pouring because my children are looking at me and all of a sudden where daddy was anxious, daddy's anxious no more. Where mommy was worried, mommy's worried no more. Where we could not trust God before, now we're trusting the Lord. Come on, where is the soul satisfaction? Jesus is the lover of your soul. You're going to give him 
Him a bit of praise this morning and thank Him that His Word works. Come on. Come on, somebody. That's why getting born again and not having your mind renewed is the most miserable life in the world. You know, when, when I was in the world and sinning, now don't look at me like that because you were there too. You used to sin and wake up in the morning and brag about it. And you're the man. And how drunk you got. And what you did. And it's like a trophy. When you get saved, the most miserable place to be is saved and sinning. Because you can't enjoy it. <laughs> Something happens, man. When you get into God's presence. I want you to know today, because I, I don't know why I needed to give this demonstration this morning, but somebody needs to know today that the only reason why you're feeling suicidal is because you got no word inside of you. The only reason why you keep on feeling like you're alone and you're not, never going to make it. And you, it's the enemy target, the one place that's going to affect you for the rest of your days. It's called your soul. Go with me to Ezekiel chapter 18 verse 1. I need to wrap this up. Ezekiel chapter 18 verse 1. Uh, go with me to Exodus first. Go with me to the book of Exodus. I gave you two scriptures in Exodus. You can work with me there. I'm... Then we'll come to Ezekiel chapter 18. Now the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord the Lord your God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and in truth. Listen, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, by no means clearing the guilty. So you've messed up. So how God deals with sin. It's lodged within your soul. You acted out what you did. And that sin, he says, I'm not going to clear the guilty. This is under the law, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. It says, because of what you've done, as your daddy has done, and that's why I say to you as parents, be careful what you put into that child. Because we grew up not making a choice for Christianity. It was just the default. And many people in different religions, it's not because they decided it. It was just the culture of the family. And so whatever daddy did is now in the child. It's affected the child. The child's soul, that's who the child is. Daddy doesn't believe the word. Daddy doesn't pray. Mommy doesn't. The child's watching you. So the enemy is targeting that around the family because his focus is on the children. So, so have a look at the scripture. Go with me now to Ezekiel. He says, this under the law, this is the punishment. Go with me to Ezekiel chapter 18 quickly. Ezekiel chapter 18, I think it's verse 1. The word of the Lord came to me again saying, 
What do you mean when you use this Proverbs concerning the land of Israel, saying the fathers have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge? What the parents have done is now poured into the soul of that child and that child has to suffer not because of the decisions they made, but because of the decisions daddy made. It said the children's teeth on edge. God says, as, as I live, come on, you read with me, says the Lord God, you shall no longer use this problem in Israel. That means I can deal with a generational curse in every generation. We don't have to wait four generations. We don't have to wait 14 years down. I can break that curse over this generation and I can do it this morning. Come on, somebody. There's a generational break taking place right now. God's about to bring a separation between what you've been born into and where you are going to. God's about to break the curse from what you were born into and where you are going to. There's a break taking place right here, right now, in this generation, in this service. There'll be a break in this service. So what the Lord says, He says, behold, all souls are mine. The soul of the Father, as well as the soul of the Son, is mine. The soul who sins shall die. If your fathers don't repent, you can stand and repent. If you've made a mistake, and you, and you succumb to temptation and you messed up, you can repent. And you can break that curse and says, I'm not going to pass down this to my children. I can pass them down something brand new. Come on, somebody. But if a man is just, you repent, you make right before the Lord and does what is lawful and right. Move with me. If he has not eaten on the mountains, nor lifted up his eyes to the idols of the house of Israel, nor defiled his neighbor's wife, nor reproached a woman during her impurity, if he has not oppressed anyone, but has restored the debtor his, his pledge, has robbed no one by violence, but has given his bread to the hungry and covered the naked with clothing, if he has not exacted usury, nor taken any increase, but has withdrawn his hand from iniquity and executed true judgment between man and man, if he has walked in my statutes and kept my judgments faithfully, he is just. He shall surely live. That means you don't have to come. My father, I stood before my, when I got born again and I drew a bloodline and I said, in this house, I'm never going back to gambling. I've by the grace of God, I have not put even wine to my lips for the last 25 years. I have not gone and entertained anything that is outside of God. Not that we are perfect. We've stumbled in many things. But there are certain things that I drew a bloodline and I said, never again will I trust in a system of gambling to, make, to, to provide for me. Because there is Jehovah Jireh, my provider. And I went before him and I said, in this generation, I'm telling you now, I let my children understand. My son hates gambling because of where we come from. And he says, dad, if you teach me how to handle money and I refer 
function. We're going to build some things for the kingdom of God because I've broken a generational curse. There was no way that my family knew how to come out, but this generation's coming out of every generational curse. You're going to know how to handle money. You're going to know how to serve God because every week you keep on pouring water. You keep on pouring water. The path of the righteous becomes brighter and brighter. Wherever you go, whatever you do, you're getting better and better every day in every way. I'm getting better and better and better every day. I'm getting smarter. The wisdom of God is manifesting. My children will not live under a curse. I made up my mind. I'm going to fight for my marriage. I'm going to fight for my money. I'm going to teach my children how to honor the Lord. I'm going to stand in this place and I'm going to make up my mind. Come on. The battle is for the soul of this generation. And you better get in the fight. You better get in the fight. Because it's not even about you. Your children are getting passed down a glass that you filled up. It was dark over my family. From money, how to deal with marriage, the anger in my home. I just grew up with violence. My dad didn't know what to do. Walk in there and just take all the glasses. I mean, you circle them. 20 cents a baloney to go. Smash all the glasses. That stuff stucks in you, gets stuck in your soul, man. Because that's the reason why many men just go and cry. They go to their, to their cave. Because they've never been taught how to deal with conflict in a righteous way. And say, no. We don't treat women this way. No, we don't. Our children can at least have some hope in saying, I've watched dad repent. I've watched mom and dad kiss. Doing what is right. I know it's quiet. But I'm letting you know that's exactly where the problem is. And if anybody hurt you, do you understand why Jesus broke bread? On the cross, after being betrayed, on the night that he was betrayed, he, gave, he broke bread and gave thanks. He broke the limitation. He broke the curse that should have affected him. He was about to enter into a whole different dimension. When you forgive people, you don't set them free. You set yourself free. I'm not forgiving you for you. Sometimes you have to give someone an apology they never asked for. Let them go. You meant it for evil. God turned it for my good. You've got to be like a Joseph that understands, I've got to forgive. Whatever's happened, why? Because the devil wants to say, you see, all the pastors are the same. Your bad encounter with another church, you come in here and all you're doing is sitting back. You don't lift your hands. 
You don't say amen. You watch it. You sussing me out. I get you. I mean, you look at you checking me out. I'm checking you out. But the truth is that it's your experience with churches, and you're not free. You've never encountered sowing and reaping. You give ah the church manipulating. Ah, just wants your money. The problem's not the Bible, it's not the church. The problem, your soul's really dark. You can't do relationships. You reject people before they reject you. You, 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 you say, I'm never going to do that ever again. I, I, you know, Lord, use me in the church, use me. God uses you, say, I'm never used ever again. And you allowed the experience, Gideon, to come year in and year out. So it doesn't just have a passing experience. It drops into a place that affects your outlook for life. The soul of a man. Do you understand that you're rejecting people before they reject you? I'm watching single ladies, let me tell you. I'm not singing a song for you. You need relationships more than anyone else. Because this year, you're speaking to yourself. And nobody is challenging you. And saying that thing that you're thinking is rubbish. It's not true. In the multitude of counselors, there's safety. You need to surround your people that, will, people that will actually not give you their emotions. Because if you go and hang out with all the divorced women. Even if you're married. And you're having a bit of a problem at home. Girl, let me tell you about these men. I told you. They're exactly like that. You keep hanging around with the wrong people. And the thing you experienced, he wants to reinforce it in you. So that you think this is life. And out of that comes your experience. And the more negative you experience, the more it confirms that what you believe. And then you have another encounter and you have a date and, and, and you have the negative experience. But it's, it's, it's that you're not, you don't attract what you want. You're attracting who you really are. Your negativity, your fear. You, you're dating fear. You're dating negativity. You're, da- you're dating critical people. You keep sowing criticisms about men. I don't, under, I don't get rich, you know, poor people that criticize rich people. But they want to become rich. It's never going to happen. Never. You attract what you honor. If you celebrate wealthy, I'm talking about righteous people doing right. Eventually you attract it. You attract, if you be pure, to the pure, everything, everything becomes pure. Somebody who is a scallop that wants, to, that wants to mess around with girls. That's all. He's got no intention of being one husband to a wife and building a home. The darkness inside of that man will attract every girl that hasn't got word and doesn't know her value. That's why you'll find when you if we had to go and just let this spend a couple of an hour or so 
just speaking to say just take some time connect with some people you'll find the people that have things in common draw so you'll find like you know oh you, you got a baby oh yeah me too oh yeah, yeah and the other one no you divorced no, no no me too because we're drawn to those places and then we we build conversations that's the reason why a moment like this is so challenging because I'm drawing you into the light and I'm saying that there is a better life for you there is another way that God wants to deal with you that you can love God that's why you love the Lord your God with all of your heart with all of your soul with all of your mind and as you are drawn to the light all of a sudden the kind of people that you attract are people of light you will not come you will of course come under attack with people of darkness but you'll be able to recognize them and deal with them because to the pure everything is pure this is your Valentine's message you're looking for love in all the wrong places when I see people get a breakthrough financially Because you get the same. The reason why I hang out with people that are even in marriages that are doing well and have been faithful, I connect with them because that same spirit comes upon me. I hang out with the same kind of people in ministry. Stay away from the sharks and prophetic words and everybody wants to just know, stay away from that. We're going to take some time to build and we're going to raise up a generation that understands what to do and which way to go. Show me your friends. And I'll show you your future. Because why? Whatever's inside of them is spilling over into the world. And if you belong there, you catch the same.